the environment before this episode then you will afterwards we've decided mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> um the thing that we saw that we liked i guess was um the new year's day fireworks display oh also happy happy new year <laughs> happy new year <laughs> all our listeners we love you <laughs> <laughs> so much energy <laughs> um was so yeah the new year's day fireworks display and or mainly obviously because we're talking about the environment the bit where david attenborough's voice over and he had the turtle and it had the world in it um and it was really cute it was very cute Mm-hmm. What did you um, What did you think of the whole fireworks display? Um, as a whole, I thought it was interesting. I didn't know how they tackle it because they said it was going to be instead of the fireworks, they were going to do like a highlight, a highlight reel of twenty twenty, and I was literally just like, "What highlights?" But <laughs> <laughs> what could this would this year possibly have to highlight? Yeah, exactly. I was like, "This year has been shocking," but they did all right. They um, you know showed us bits about the Sir Tom and um, nice things. And they had the, they put the Black Lives Matter symbol in the sky and they said Black Lives Matter. So um, it brought me a certain amount of joy knowing there are a lot of people's New Year's days who were, that were ruined because they don't agree with Black Lives Matter. Take that, <laughs> racist. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I cannot wait for the Ofcom report to show how many people complained. <laughs> um, but yeah, as a whole, it was all right. How about you? Um, I had some mixed thoughts. Okay. Because um, I really appreciated that they highlighted some of the positives and I guess the urgency of like the climate crisis and stuff. But I did think that it was quite ironic. Like it was kind of hilarious to me in some ways that whilst you're talking about the urgency of like taking care of the planet and like of being protecting of like all of these animals and creatures and the wildlife you're literally throwing so many explosives into the sky polluting the, the air yeah. that oh by the way london's air is never good anyway yeah. so you're polluting air that's already seriously polluted and also scaring loads and loads of wildlife through these mass explosions i mean i think in one clip you could even see like birds flying away yes yeah <laughs> i think i did see that i was like oh no <laughs> yeah well because i thought it was hilarious I thought they'd initially said that it was just going to be like a light show. So I didn't think there was going to be any fireworks. And then they whipped them out anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's really funny because they they did some of the fireworks and then they created so much smoke and then the drones or the lights that they used um, were kind of like blinking through the yeah, smog. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, we meant to be, it was so funny, me and my parents, every time you couldn't quite see something, we were like, what is that meant to be? I wouldn't, what is that? <laughs> and then the next thing would be like a heart. We were like, okay, those are hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Those are clear shapes that Those we can distinguish. <laughs> there was one where it was just like random lights and I was like, I do not know what this is meant to be, but we're just going to run with it. Um, yeah. But yes, that was that was interesting. But is there anything you think they could have done differently? Especially yeah. in the environment bit? Well, I, I have... So I have... I, lo- I love David Attenborough, but I do have some issues with him. Go. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to also start with a prerequisite. Like, I do actually appreciate what he's done. Mm-hmm. Because people will at me if I say anything negative. <laughs> Don't be like, Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> I know. How dare you but speak like, his name in vain? <laughs> he is still kind of like a naturalist. And he is part of that, like, old generation that really believes that you know, part of protection of the environment is through, um, like, population control, and that's kind of weird and worrying. And also, I just wish that, like, through his platform, he actually starts... And he's done a lot of awareness raising, and there's no doubt about that. Um, But I do wish that he started including a lot of, like, um, BIPOC youth that are doing amazing work for the environment as well like i think it's it's time that he started making space for people who are going to be here after he is yeah and and started using his platform to to share who else is doing really amazing work as well because i mean he has he has the title sir like what more does he need yeah and he has the love of literally the entire planet and i i really wish that he would start sharing that platform a little bit more because and he's got a new a new show coming out yeah another new documentary another new documentary series yeah he should do a handover like how they do in bond or doctor who like he'll be Mm -hmm. like he'll just like i don't know disintegrate and then someone else will regenerate (laughs) the new david Attenborough is just a different person and we'll be like aha so this is who's going to lead us into the future thank you for your service david and then we move on yeah exactly and there are some so i think he did have like one one meeting with Greta Thunberg and they like met over Skype because I think it was at the middle of the, like it was in the beginning of the pandy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just keep forgetting you've got a pandy. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> really lightens the um, mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he did have like that m- meeting with her, but, and I thought that was quite nice, but I, I also think that that's just kind of further proof that there are lots of, BIPOC youth that are amazing activists that are doing some amazing work that are not getting the recognition that they that they deserve and and that's not to say that Greta Thunberg and David Attenborough haven't done amazing work it's just to say that they're not the only peoples that have done amazing work yeah agreed sad times yeah but at least there's work being done I think and then hopefully in in time that they will um they will share their their platforms with many many others who are doing the great work that needs to be done well greta frequently like retweets other people she'll constantly like shout out other people mm. so props to her props props maybe- snaps for greta did you just hit your arm i just banged my hand <laughs> on the table <laughs> aggressive snaps for greta (laughs) no break your hand for greta (laughs) no don't do that (laughs) oh dear let's not do that um so maybe we should go back to the beginning or like pre the beginning 
pre now, pre Rona. That's the beginning, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, pre Rona. Yeah, go back to um, the beginning, I guess. We'll do a little like run through history on how we have got to the current situation we are in today. Please, Kavita, environmental guru. <laughs> it's important. Seasoned to tree hugger. <laughs> Kavita is like my teacher in this. In this, so I'm very much learning as we go along. So it's very much. It's super enjoyable. <laughs> I also feel like I don't. Like okay, yes, I'm an environmental engineer, and yes, I am a self-proclaimed absolute will-be future hippie. But I still have a lot of learning to do. Too. Of course. Oh yes, my yes, god, yes. I can just imagine myself in my future. I'm gonna be awful and intolerable. I can't Sorry. wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yes, for now, teach us, oh noble one. So what? Sh- what should we? What do you want to know? The um, history of how did we get here? Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> how did we come to exist? No. <laughs> how did we get to the current situation? So I think maybe like drill down to basics. Like everyone says the world is melting and we buy too many clothes. And if we buy less clothes, this can happen or like we'll save water and all of that stuff. But how, how did we get to, to this stage? Be useful to me. Um, so basically like mass pollution and over extraction and use of fossil fuels all started with the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened here in the UK <laughs> because, <laughs> um, well, and, and a lot of the industrialization was able to happen through um, essentially colonial wealth and, you know, to and being able to take resources from other countries and bring it back to the UK um, through, the, through the British Empire that happened. And, and with the, the Industrial Revolution, we managed to innovate and essentially have fuel and electricity in different ways and that created a whole host of um, opportunity for all sorts of increase in um, quality of life and product and whatever the stuff that we have yeah um and that was also then kind of like this capitalistic thing because then that fueled certain people having access more to wealth if you had wealth you could invest in something like the fossil fuel industry or like industrialization or like the railway companies Mm -hmm. and that would just fuel more wealth and more generation of these products and more um process lines being made for whatever products we wanted and needed okay um and and that obviously fueled a lot more extraction and pollution going into the air and then um through the second after the second world war we had um more and more consumerism coming about because people were suddenly like okay well we need to increase people's quality of life and have more people come out of poverty and into the middle class and so that meant that people were buying a lot more stuff and having um more products and more access to resource um I, and and through all of that movement, we have seen more more pollution, um, less protection of land. We have seen um, loss of forests and biodiversity all through this um, ambition of going towards uh, increasing people's quality of life. 
Am I am I rambling? Is that no? This has been very interesting. Well, that's why I'm silent because <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. So so they, uh, so the consumerism began because they were trying to increase people's quality of life, what so that they'd have more more things. So they produced more things, kind maybe of. cheaper. So more people yeah. could afford them, but to produce things cheaper meant, and on scale meant taking more raw materials and therefore yeah, destroying land. Well, we need raw materials to create the things that we have, like metals and like concrete to build roads and, and cars and whatever. We, that all comes from us manufacturing from raw materials. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, this these raw materials come from people who are in other parts of the world, exploited parts of the world, or workers who are in the the communities that we operate within, but are working class and poor. Um, so, yeah. Fascinating. Thank you. Your face. <laughs> so I'm just like, am I? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, super interesting. Okay, right. I'm with you now. So that is how we've got to the mass consumerism of where we are today. Yeah. In short. It is. And I think also it's kind of worth noting that like, I don't know if you've seen some movies and people are like, and I think this is like peak eighties, nineties and early noughties where you, you just see people in movies, like making fun of environmental protection people. Right. Like you're like, Oh, like, and, and that's where this whole idea of like being a tree hugger, was kind of like this negative, like a negative connotation. Um, And so protecting the environment was seen as something that was laughable because it's like, why would you protect a tree? Why would you protect soil? Why would you protect farmlands? Like embarrassing almost. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of like this thing that was made fun of. And I think that fueled this narrative that that's not real work. Right. And a lot of people who have been in those works have been kind of, um, what's the word? Like, what you, like not taken seriously, um, like disempowered or like dismissed as real dismissed, work. And, yeah. And, and we had all of this, we had all of these, um, I mean, climate, climate change has been something that has been recorded since like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Um, and scientists have warned about our overuse of certain resources that will lead to certain problems since since oh ages ago for at least the last 50 60 years and we have had we've had as as a counteract people have been paying off scientists to say that actually global warming isn't a thing and in fact the the planet is getting colder and um and there's been so much to to kind of fuel the use of fossil fuels. Mm. The world has a history of ignoring the people that are qualified to make the decisions. <laughs> so interesting. And it, oh, you, I was going to say, you know how you said people were making fun of those like um, who were trying to protect the environment. It's kind of the same in the same way that people would or still make fun of those who are like vegans or um vegetarians especially if they're doing it for environmental purposes but even if they're not people are often like gosh why would you be 
a vegan or a vegetarian, like just save the environment. How is that going to save the environment? You know, cows do this or whatever. They'll try and try and find a way to explain away their meat eating. It's important to note that I'm not a vegan, but I do. <laughs> I'm, um, I understand why veganism is um, will help the I guess, environment or like lowering your meat eating consumption. But it is in that same ilk where people will um, just try and explain away an entire, um, I guess, lifestyle to keep an, another industry going. In this instance, it'd be the the dairy and beef and whatever, chicken, poultry. Animal <laughs> agriculture. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to name yeah. all the animals until I was finished. <laughs> Oh man, I just want to let you keep going. <laughs> and the um, pigs <laughs> and lambs. <laughs> yeah. I've been vegetarian since I was born and it's, uh, you know, it's mostly because we're Hindu and that's how we were raised. But mm-hmm. um, I pretty much eat like 85% of the time I'm eating vegan and I've grown up like being made fun of. Yeah. Like, why would you be, why would you not eat meat? You're missing out so much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think I'm missing out, by the way, because I've literally never eaten meat. Yeah. So I don't think that I'm missing out. It's not out. like I'm you're like, miss, you, it's not like you started eating meat and then chose to, to not and now you miss it or anything. Even if that was the case, people don't feel like they're missing out when they do that either. So. Oh, and now there's loads of alternatives, which is a separate thing. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think also, through that's interesting that you brought up veganism because there are so many communities that have been eating meat in a very sustainable manner mm-hmm. from multiple different communities that you know are black and brown communities globally and they don't oh, like they don't have this culture of like eating meat three times a day yeah you know you wouldn't eat like bacon for breakfast and then like a turkey sandwich and then like a roast chicken for dinner like that's not how a lot of these communities work but through the rise of like white environmentalism and white veganism there there has been so much erasure of how other BIPOC communities globally have lived in harmony with their planet with their environment and with the animals and through the protection of their land and their livestock. Um, and so, yes, reducing your meat intake is very important when it comes to what you can do for your, for your, um, for the planet and stuff. But if you are going to eat meat, like try and find meat that's like locally sourced and sustainable. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to give up meat. You don't have to be a vegan in order to be an environmentalist. Exactly. Um, but it's the same yeah. way, interesting, you made that point about um, people um, are whitewash or essentially whitewashing the green movement or being sustainable. Because I think you made a point, it might have been in another episode, about how um, in black and brown communities, for instance, they, in the, like back, like ages ago, they used to eat with, um, eat off of banana leaves. That was you that was saying that, wasn't it? Um, and now, and that was just their, that was just what they did. And now it's a case of, um, now it's, but then it wasn't seen as like acceptable or cool. Like people came over, colonized, they were like, mm, here are plates, forks and knives. And then, um, now it's now seen as like cool or this like hip and trendy thing to eat out of a 
banana leaf because people have suddenly discovered, <laughs> quote unquote, discovered banana leaves, for instance. Um, and it's quite interesting how that's happening um, all over. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think through it, it is interesting because there are so many solutions to whatever problems we think that we face mm. that are either erased through colonization and and actually are very reasonable options of how you can sustain your life and how you can live in in harmony with the environment and with the ecosystems around you um but they have like you mentioned like been ridiculed and now with capitalism in the mix you have this reselling of these yeah. um of these practices and these methods of living back to those same communities. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's like a bit of a slap in the face, actually. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because you're kind of just like, thank you for... for giving back, thank you for selling back my culture to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not even up to par. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally a cheaper version of my culture. Thank you so much. Not... And I think also with um, the whitewashing of the green movement has been this idea that, um, you know, okay, black and brown communities globally are poor and they, you know, so then we start shaming them for, I don't know, using disposable items when actually the ways in which we're even receiving those disposable items come from the richer countries' practices. Yeah. You know, um, and then we blame all these other communities for being undereducated or overextracted and, and not being able to control their population. I'm saying with inverted uh, commas because yeah. um, it's not like it's not like medication and access to contraception and access to family planning is something that's even um, given importance to by these other communities, yeah. right? Like we're we're not even saying like, oh, this is this is great. This is how you can do this and it's also like those countries may be quote unquote overpopulated but a lot of these countries aren't even consuming resources in the same way that western communities are exactly i think there was um a really really great infographic um that i saw um about how america's energy consumption by state um compared to other countries and i think texas just one state texas consumed as much as Canada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw something similar. Um and if you're if if one state in America is consuming as much as another in another western country that's yeah. actually bigger than the entire United States, what does that say about these other communities? So yes, okay, maybe India has a significantly larger population than the US or whatever, but if you break it down by person, Who's really consuming more? Exactly. So I'm not saying that we should be playing the blame game. I'm just saying that the narrative in which we're blaming black and brown people doesn't serve to protect the environment at all. Ooh, go off. Snaps. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. It's like singing a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> No, man. Um, so what about our current crisis 
crisis level? Like where are we at right now? What's happening? <laughs> what's happening? Um, a lot is happening. A lot is happening, and so we know that we've got about. I mean, experts are now saying this, because we haven't really done anything in the last however many years. Every year that we don't take immediate action to change the ways in which we're living, we're losing because because the change is exponential in in climate change. Um, so the, the more we don't do stuff, the less time we will have to make the action that we need to. Yeah. So it it's all well and good that we've got these like twenty fifty targets, but unless we're making immediate action to change that in in the next five years to reach those targets, we're not going to get to 2050. Um, those 2050 targets is what I mean. I was, I was um, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did you see my face? I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, but I, I think it, it... We also have to recognize the main, the main issues that we're going to face isn't... The planet is going to exist far beyond human existence on it right but yes. we just have to make sure that we're what we're doing to the planet is sustainable for us to be able to live on it it's, yeah. it should be sustainable for human life to continue to be it should be habitable for human life and we're making it inhabitable for ourselves yeah um other animals and the rest of the planet will survive they will be fine you know? yeah it's us that we're making inhabitable for ourselves we're losing all of this land and um we're having a mass change in uh where immigrants are having to so people who are like islanders for example they're going to have to emigrate okay. um and go to different places and and that's really sad because th those are obviously their homes and um with the loss of land we're going to have a change in how um how we share land with other species mm -hmm how we share land with one another, the change in our diet that's going to come about. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. And I think also a lot of companies are, are doing a lot of greenwashing. They're saying, you know, well, we, we measure our carbon footprint. We reach, we're going to reach net zero. We encourage you to recycle. And that's all greenwashing. Cause if, if Shell is telling you that we're going to get to net zero, what does that mean? Yeah. Like net what zero are they doing? Is, net zero when you're talking about a fossil fuel company? Yeah. Like okay. And you're, you're like, still oh, are you oil. are you shutting your doors? Like are you shutting down? Is that good? Yay. <laughs> but that's not that's not what's happening, is it? No. No. Um but I, I think one of the worrying things is when we lose a lot of land and frozen land mm. especially um so in the arctics the the temperature is changing more rapidly yeah than it does essentially at the equator um we don't know what's frozen we don't know what viruses and what bacteria are frozen we don't um we we know that there is methane that's trapped in in permafrost and underneath yeah. so in ice so when we're losing a lot of this ice, <laughs> we're releasing a lot more methane into the air, and that's going to, again, exponential increase in, in our greenhouse gas emissions. Um, yeah, so I saw yeah. this um, uh, 
tweet twitter thread and, oh i think it was you that's you, you that sent it to me obviously <laughs> and, <laughs> another um, thing that we saw and it was like i think the and the lady was basically saying um i think the thing that people don't realize is that this if we don't do anything to change um our like lifestyles and don't make immediate action like this isn't going to be like the only pandemic or this isn't going to be the last pandemic much like there have been past there have been pandemics in the past and the, the another thing that she also said that interested me was that in terms of viruses covid is kind of like a mid-range virus on the scary scale um and she was like and like you said she was like there's we have no idea what's frozen and how long it's been frozen for, or we'll probably have we know how long it's been frozen but because of how long it's been frozen for we have no idea what what it is whether we can whether we can beat it or not with our natural immune systems probably not and if you look at like the the medium the medium virus that is covid and it took us almost a year to create a vaccine longer than a year sorry <laughs> to and, and far longer than a year to handle it <laughs> yeah um look at how consider how long it will take the next the next thing that comes along and it's as you said again like our proximity to um different and different species and animals and stuff because that was what um started covid in the in the first place so there's more more of this will will continue if we are not careful and we do if we don't make take immediate action and that was something I hadn't thought about I was like oh I just can't wait for this pandemic to be over and then I can go back to my life <laughs> um and then I saw that I was like oh no I was like if I <laughs> if we have another pandy I'll cry honestly beam me up because <laughs> I'm beam so, me up. <laughs> so tired it's <laughs> just one um so yes that was that is um scary a scary thought but it is good to know that we can still there are still things that we can do to slow down slash eventually reverse this aunt there Kavita please say yes <laughs> yeah definitely there's a lot that we can still do and I think Yes, okay, when we look at, and, and we don't really fully know exactly what's going to happen with two degree increase pre-industrial levels. We have approximate um, estimations of what will happen, but there's no way of predicting exactly what is going to happen and, and in the, the quantity of which disruption will entail. But and, and when you think about all of that, it's very scary. But there is still a lot that we can still do to mitigate... Um, essentially our impact on the planet mm -hmm. and and to ourselves yes okay hit other. us with the facts what can we do so um there's a range of things that you can do first thing i would suggest is may absolutely change up your energy sources get on that renewable stream um that is so important even if all you're doing it even if the only thing that you do is to stick your middle finger to fossil fuel companies, do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, say we do not need you. Yeah. So change your energy to uh, renewable sources. They're getting cheaper, by the way. So I think initially they were kind of expensive because there wasn't a lot of investment in these technologies, but they are seriously, seriously getting cheaper. So um, I personally use Octopus, mm -hmm. which is a great energy provider. 
they're quite fun as well. They give you like a monthly raffle. So every time you do like your, um, your meter reading, like you enter like a little raffle and sometimes you can get like five pounds off your, <laughs> your bill. And cool. Stuff. Uh, love that. <laughs> um, so they're fun. Um, and then, so there's a lot of dispute around conscious consumerism. And so conscious consumerism is this idea that you, you're really conscious of what you're buying and you only buy from ethical companies and um, you don't buy excess of what you, of what you have. You just buy what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that only works if you're doing a whole bunch of other things as well. So slow fashion is really important, but um, it, it's, it's also important that we're supporting companies that are being ethical. Yeah. Um, that are that are choosing to be transparent about their their practices and where they're making their clothes. And yes, okay, sometimes it's a little bit more expensive, but if you have the money and if you have the means to, um, and and you're not somebody that's living in poverty, then choose to choose to spend a little bit more money on your clothes, and they will last you longer. You don't need to throw away clothes all the time. Um, you don't need to buy clothes like three times a year. Like you don't need to buy like clothes every season. Yeah. I mean? Um, so consu- conscious consumerism, changing your, um, bathroom products to like bamboo toothbrushes and things. You can replace them frequently. The I think I've recently the ta- seen the capsules. You have those, don't you? Yeah. Toothpaste tablet. Yeah. I'm literally like, by the way, the easiest room to change is your bathroom like bathroom products so get recycled toilet paper that's mm-hmm. wrapped in paper not plastic all of those things literally be a happy about it get a safety <laughs> razor if you shave um so it's not plastic it's all like metal and then you Ooh. just change the blades they're like old school razors basically okay nice nice you get a good shave out of it as well <laughs> it's very close <laughs> you're like Ooh, i'm so smooth <laughs> like a slippery tomato <laughs> um <You're> so weird <laughs> who told you <laughs> <laughs> um but major major thing is to vote mm. vote is so important um vote and protest and engage politically because these people are literally making decisions about our lives, about our air quality, about our water quality. And mm. if you are not choosing people who are going to hold other people accountable for making the right decisions, then you are forf- forfeiting. And it does not work to be a conscious consumer and not vote accordingly. Um, yeah. And also, I forgot to mention this with con- conscious consumerism, is to like ask the companies that you already support to do better. Mm. So if you are like, um, I don't know, uh, O2, if you are with O2, for example, on your phone, like, and you are a, a customer with them for however many years, you can be like, dude, like, I've seen that gift gaff. I'm just using things out Examples. of the air. I don't actually yeah. know their practices. <laughs> um, I've seen that this other company, you know, plant five trees every time that I spend two pounds on my contract or whatever it may be. Yeah. Why can't you do the same thing? Um, the more pressure you put on these companies to start doing what they're doing, but more ethically and more in line with environmental practices, the more likely they are to change because they're going to see that there is a demand for it. And that's how capitalism works. They're only going to do things if there's a demand. Yay, mm-hmm. capitalism. Yay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's use it to our advantage in this instance. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing with capitalism is 
you kind of have to vote with your money sometimes. Mm. Put your money um, where your mouth is. Shut up and put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> I feel like you needed to sing that louder. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> More conviction. Um, to read BIPOC green authors. Ooh. So if there are like environmentalists that you, environmental causes that you care about, like try and find like a BIPOC author for that movement. Um, also find a movement that you care about, whether it's like tree conservation, lol, tree huggers, mm. um, guerrilla conservation, whether it's about caring about soil, whether it's you care about, you know, you know, reduction of plastic, whatever it may be, choose something that you care about and really like support that cause. And it just has to be one to start off with. Just do one. Yeah. And then also to evaluate the environmental impact of your work. Ooh. Um, and I think this is an interesting one, but whatever work it is that you do professionally, there will be an environmental impact associated with it. So I think if you are able to spend some time to understand the nuances behind it and and then find ways to include just a, a small two-liner or a paragraph in whatever reports that you write, just to include that environmental impact, I think it becomes a lot more normalized to talk about and to think about in these professional spaces. And I think that is so important. Um because people oh, get used to seeing it and then they'll just keep, they'll keep doing it. And it becomes a normal thing to think about then, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that covers quite a lot. Of- Smashed it. Really enjoyed this session. <laughs> <laughs> Education with Kavita. <laughs> what, what do you think that you'll do? Differently. Um, I am trying to reduce my meat consumption. Um, so I know you touched on it, but you said there are like, lots of alternatives out there. So I've been um, looking into those. Tried corn mints recently. Very yum. Picks up whatever flavour you add to it. So great. Linda McCartney, babe. <laughs> Eat lots of her stuff. Um, so yeah, that's my main thing because I think that is my... my um, not main flaw, but that's the main thing that I can change in myself that I know will will help. Um, I do like the action of um, talking to the company that you you work for or companies that you um, that you are a customer of um, and see what they can do to change. I might I might speak to my I probably speak to my management soon and be like what can we do (laughs) to um help um and talk about our environmental impact because i think that would be quite an interesting conversation to have um and definitely something i'm sure my director will be interested in um but yeah learning more learning and reading i like the reading the bipoc author that authors that you um that you mentioned um and speaking to people who are passionate about it like you um come to me for all of your tree hugger needs <laughs> yes i'm gonna plug your your youtube um interview thing that you had um kavita was interviewed and she was amazing um Lol. the link is in her bio i believe on instagram so go check that out because um she was great and that's just some more education for you guys so Listen to the people who know what they're talking about, okay, Kavita, and then do your own research as well. 
tea. Thank you. Yeah, that was really kind that you mentioned that. <laughs> I felt like such a bump. Like, I was so nervous doing it, that. It didn't show. It did not show at all. It took me a while to get around to actually watching it because I'm a poo. But when I did, I was like, wow. <laughs> so, you are not a poo. You are an Idris Elba of the world. Yeah. Don't forget it. <laughs> Do That's not so forget true. it. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, friends, I hope you're all um, tree huggers now and you have some action points, even if you change one thing. Um, I like the slogan that we had at work, like change one thing today. Um, so if there's one thing that you can take away from today that you do differently, um, please do it. Let us know what it is. Um because then we can inspire others as well. If you share with us, we can share with others about what you're doing. And um, send us like pictures of your house plants. <laughs> <laughs> if you're planting any trees, yes. send like I will never ever get tired of that. If you are like composting, oh, send me yes. pics. I want to see it. <laughs> oh, did I tell you? You know, I'm innocent. Every year, do a. Um, send us your address and we'll send you something in the post. No, what? Okay, yeah. So two years ago, I got socks from them. They're amazing, stripy, and they socks say, from Innocent. The yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It says oh, they wow. say Innocent on them, and they're really long. Oh, they're so warm. So anyway, this year <laughs> I was ready to go again. I've got my like notification set up for Innocent for the whole year, specifically for Christmas. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> it's so great. Um, but. And I like went on as soon as they posted, but the socks had already gone. However, they were like, we'll send you something else if you can't, if Ooh. the socks are out. They sent me a tree. How good is that? I got a silver oh birch. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they sent you a tree? A tree. <laughs> I still need to plant it. So I hope it's not dead because that's a really bad part of me. But <laughs> mum was super excited. She was like, oh, I love silver birches. So yeah, they sent me a tree. That's so nice. Like a was sapling. Like a little- Thingy. Like it's partly grown. Yeah, it's not just seeds. Yeah, I mean, I like seeds. But <laughs> yeah, with the soil and everything tied around it, like it was in this really long box. And my mum was like, "Annabelle, what did you order?" I was like, "Nothing." <laughs> and then I opened it, and it was like live, live plant. I was like, "A plant?" And it was like, "Here is your tree from Innocence." It was great. Honestly, I love Innocent. They're such a great company. <laughs> I had no idea that they did stuff like this. I am subscribing. Yeah. I can get, like bag me an entire tree. Yes. Good lord. My I'll send you a fantasy pic. will be fully relaxed. <laughs> I'll send you a pic. Because we're trying to figure out where to put it. Because obviously it's a whole tree. So we don't want to just <laughs> plant it in the middle of the garden and be like, oops. Um, so <laughs> so oh yeah. God, that's so nice. I was very cool. Oh, I hope you find innocent. a good spot for it. Ah oh, yes, I'll send you. I'll send you a pic of what it looks like now. And um, yeah, so yes, thank you for listening again, friends. <laughs> thank you. I hope you um, feel a little bit inspired and uh, not not too doomy gloomy. Yes, agreed. Um, and yes, go forth and be more environmentally friendly. <laughs> I was trying to think here's, of a word. <laughs> here's to a green 2021, huh? Yes, perfect. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of i saw you like this a big thank you to season for producing all the music on this podcast that's s-e-a-z-n they are a wonderful sibling duo who are making some pretty pretty sick beats so check them out if you can 
As always, we had a lot of fun recording this, so we hope you enjoyed listening as well. Please give us a follow on our Instagram page. Um, the at is just I saw you liked this. Um, and there you can DM us, let us know what you thought of the episode, and also tell us if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about. But until then, see you next week, soon, around. Mm-hmm.